In this episode, Andrew Greenfield continues the theme of behavior management, looking at disciplining your children. It's one any parent will find very, very insightful. I'm Anthony Pearl, and you're listening to the Being Comfortably Uncomfortable podcast. When it comes to behavior management, one of the things that most parents bring to mind then is disciplining your child. It's not an easy thing to do, is it? Mm. And absolutely not. And again, it's going to be complicated for all those reasons that I just said, where people have all these other added on bonus difficulties. So um, so the very first thing I was talking about is slowing the world down. That's one thing that can be quite effective. And that takes a lot of practice to do because we don't naturally slow everything down. And that may, might be slowing the instructions as well don't have a huge amount of information, don't give multiple instructions, maybe give one or two, don't give 15. Um, be realistic in terms of what you expect your child to be able to carry out. Um, so the first thing is slowing the world down. Um, a second thing is trying to modulate your own emotions as well, which is very difficult when we're in the height of frustration, when a child's not doing something that we've asked them to do. But it's just not going to help the situation if we're going to get emotional ourselves. And again, easier said than done. I often tell parents, well, maybe go and um, scream to a pillow or talk to your neighbour next door, even go and see your own psychologist, get your own emotions in check, which I think we all need to do at some point. Um, and then in front of your child, hopefully try and, because the very thing we're trying to get them to do is have great emotional regulation, and we sometimes have difficulty doing that ourselves. So we're all guilty of that. And that's just part of being a human being and part of being a parent. So um, trying to keep your own emotions in check is 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 absolutely um, essential. Another huge thing is about being in control. And I talk a lot to parents about being in control. And I say, well, I don't want to be controlling my child. And I say, no, it's not about controlling anything. It's about being in control. And there's a very big difference between controlling everything your child is doing versus being in control. And I, I often, the number of times I talk to parents, especially the younger ones, um, the five to 10 year old, and I say, well, do you think you're in control generally as a parent, which I know is a fairly general thing to question to ask, but almost certainly very quickly, the parents say, no, I'm not. My child is the one who, who sets the mood of the house. If they're in a bad mood, everyone has to be in a bad mood. My child will be the one who, who, you know, who, who tells us what we have to do, what we don't have to do. Um, you know, if they're going to be frustrated, then, the rest of the family will be frustrated. So often the answer is no, the, the child is in control. And that to me is, you know, certainly um, some red flags uh, you know, are raised when, when parents say that, and I can understand that. But that's, I want, I always tell parents, I want to help them get back in control. Because I think for a whole lot of reasons, we need to be like, we need to be able to be in control for health reasons, for safety reasons, from our own sanity there's a whole range of reasons to why we need to be in control as parents. Um, so that's something that I think ultimately, hopefully, is the is, is the goal. Yeah, it's it's such an important thing, and I, I you know, in my mind, as you were talking about the, the that uh, idea of being in control, it's kind of like being you know driving a car, right? You can't control what the other vehicles are doing, but you can control your own vehicle, and. Um, but I think it also brings an important uh, concept is that 
we do need to discipline our children. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not necessarily in a day and age where, oh, we've just got to let them run free. And I know there are some theories on what discipline means and, and, you know, going back into days gone past the discipline that we would now consider to be inappropriate, but discipline itself is still necessary. Yeah. And, and again, that is a topic that parents often want to talk about is, because we were brought up, you know, very differently as um and as kids, and and often um, there are a lot of parents out there that were smacked as kids, and 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 I mean, obviously, the very things a lot of the time, the very reason for the discipline is because they're either being they're hurting their siblings or or they're being physical or whatever it is, and the most obvious thing is if the very thing we're telling them not to do is the thing is 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 the is the, is the disciplinary measure doesn't make sense obviously and obviously parents get carried away when they're angry and frustrated so that's never going to be the answer under any circumstance whatsoever um but it's about teaching parents what the alternatives are because if they don't do that what else can i do um and it's about training them to be as effective as they can um so another thing being in control we all often um we often talk about parents often say my child's they're really good at negotiating or they might be really good manipulators and I do go back to trying to be as a little bit sort of basic in terms of the actual premise for that. You can only negotiate with someone that's willing to negotiate with you. And parents look at me and say, okay, but geez, but the, you haven't heard my child. They're incredibly good at negotiating. No matter what I say, though, I'll always have an answer. And, and I said, yeah, I, I kind of expect that. I kind of expect that because a lot of the times kids want to be heard and, and they get frustrated and, so I, I do expect that they want to negotiate. But again, it comes back to the actual message. You can only negotiate with someone who is willing to negotiate with you. If you as a parent just say, if a child, for example, one of the common scenarios for the younger ones, I don't want to go to bed, bedtime routine. There's a lot of struggles about bedtime routine. So a child might say, parent might say, it's time to go to bed. And the child will say, 10 minutes. Can I have another? I'll have another 10 minutes and then I'll go to bed. And then the the parent will say, well, you know, they either agree to it or they don't. Um, sometimes we may agree and say, you know what, it's not that big a deal because it's a weekend or it's a Friday or we can be flexible some of the night. But assuming that we can't always be flexible because, again, the second you're flexible, you give them a little bit, they want a lot. Um, it's about saying to them, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, when you're in bed, I will come and say goodnight. And then they might say, okay, well, eight, eight minutes. Give me eight minutes and I'll go to bed. The only message the parent says is when you're in bed, I'll come and say goodnight. So we're not actually getting into a negotiation with them. We're just repeating the message that we want. And, again, we can practice doing that. And, again, there are plenty of, plenty of times when I'm quite happy to be flexible in terms of my parenting and, 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 and give a little bit, but there's a lot of times where I'm just not willing to do that. So... It's, and that, that comes to back to, to being in control because you can't just have a bedtime whenever you want, especially for some of the younger kids. So it's about not negotiate. Just don't negotiate if you don't want to. It can be as simple as that. And then often parents say, but they're really good at manipulating the situation. Well, they can only manipulate you if you allow yourself to be manipulated. We've always got to be one step ahead. We're the adults. We're the ones with a fully developed brain. Their brains don't develop fully until their mid-20s. That's just a fact. So we are the ones who have to, who are meant to have the, the more developed brain. 
we should have more life experience. We should. So we've got to be one step ahead of our kids. That's just the way it is. So, you know, it's important to learn how to not let yourself be caught into this argument and constant negotiation. And it's important to learn how not to let yourself be manipulated. And again, I talk to parents about what that means and we talk about different scenarios and, and how to do that. So so there's lots of different um, tools and strategies that, that parents can use, again, depending on the age of the child, depending on what they're asking and all of those other factors. It's going to say the age of the child is going to vary enormously and, and also the circumstance and the kind of child that it is. You know, we, we see a lot on on particularly American sitcoms where it's, right, you're grounded, um, which um, I think means a lot less these days because if they've still got their uh, mobile device or their computer in front of them, then really the whole world's still open up to them anyway um, and it doesn't have the same implication that it used to. And, of course, it's going to depend on whether the child is an outgoing child or not and it's going to depend on the age. You know, if the child's seven or eight, what do they care about being grounded? But uh, if they're 16 or 17, it's going to have a different implication. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And, and uh, you know, I guess it's also depend on what they're used to. And some parents are, you know, a little bit more free, you know, give the kids a lot more freedom compared to others. So, I mean, and, and parents, I think, should really take grounding kids or, you know, giving some sort of discipline or consequence. They've got to take that quite seriously because we're not going to do that for no reason. But I think the also the consequence and the punishment has to match the crime in effect as well. And again, that can be difficult trying to figure out what is an appropriate punishment or consequence compared to to uh, to, to whatever the child did. One of the one of the best consequences that I often tell parents, and I'm talking more more towards well, sort of younger ones, but also you know preteens, is non non interaction. And what I mean by what I mean by that is kids are going to want something from us parents at some point. They're going to want to talk to us. They're going to want to have, in, have give, give, can you give me a lift here? Can you can you play a game with me? Can you interact with me? Can you give me some money? Can, they're going to want something from us at some point. That's just the nature of being that age. Um, for the younger ones. We'll talk about the older ones in a second. Um, so just by non, non-interaction can be a consequence. So the message can always be a positive message. I would love to play with you. I would love to give you you know, some dessert, I would love to be able to, to play a game when you've done what I've asked you to do. And I often use when and then. When you've done X, Y, or Z, then we can do whatever it is that they want to do within reason if it's appropriate. So that's another method that can be really quite powerful where there's no there's, there's absolutely no negotiation. The message is a positive one. Absolutely love to do it when you've done X, Y, or Z. When you've cleaned your room, then I'm quite happy to be able to sit down and play a game with you. And I think when you talk about measuring the effectiveness of some of these things, you also have to realise that it's going to adapt depending on the different age group and it's going to have to change because what worked last time may not work next time either, is it? It's just it can vary depending on how the child is is coping in certain circumstances. Yeah, that's right. And that's life. We have to be prepared for the... Uh, you know, for for, for for all sorts of you know, scenarios and situations. But at the end of the day, we've got to be in control. At the end of the day, we've got to be as effective as we can. There's lots to be held to remember, but it's about being in the moment and doing whatever comes. Hopefully some of these skills come naturally eventually. 
and 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 that's the idea that we're not constantly thinking about what we have to do or what we have to say but it comes to kind of a, it becomes more natural the more that we do it and the more that we're practicing some of these skills and strategies and it's about parents not necessarily getting it every time straight away and parents are going to maybe say things that they they kind of think is not that effective or uh, they might get a little bit angry some of the time that's okay because we're all human beings but it's about trying to get as better as better as better as we can as being as effective as we can and i think that's the key yeah because it's not exactly a playbook that you can say right if the kid fits into this category and does this then this is the suitable punishment and this is what you say and do it, it'd be nice if it was that simple, but uh, those that's, that's had right. children growing up over the years knows that it is just not that simple. Yeah, no, exactly. And again, every child, I mean, we're not going to, we might have different strategies from, from both our kids. We might have two kids and we have completely different strategies because, because of their personalities or one might have a, a learning issue or one might have an attention issue or, or, or language disorder or whatever. So that's why we have to tailor the strategies to the child individually. And just, just to touch on that very briefly as well is that I think one of the challenges that happens then is that if you've got, as, as you do have three children, and um, that if you've got one of the children, uh, one of the, the middle or the, or the youngest child um, acting out and doing something, it's hard to balance that with, well, but the older child was allowed to do this. Bedtime, you know, going to bed at a certain time is a good example, but they can go to bed at 9 o'clock. Why can't I go to bed at 9 o'clock? Yeah, and 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 again, we're going to pick our time and place as to when to have that discussion. Um, and at bed, at that child's bedtime is not always the best time because that's when they're they're tired and they need to wind down. So we're going to pick the times that we actually have the discussions. But it's about um, you know, it, it's about making sure that we're we're listening to our kids and their concerns, and 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 we're allowed to do that. Um, you know, but um, it's about Come, even coming up with a solution with them together can be useful. You know, I'm quite happy for you to give me some ideas as to what you want, and then I'll give you some ideas about what, what I want, and we can somehow um, we can somehow come in the middle somewhere. So it's got to be whatever you know. We've got to try and involve them as well. And again, by doing that, they kind of feel as if they're in control to some degree as well, which is great. And we want them to be able to feel as if they've got some control over the process rather than just us. We're the parents. We're the ones who tell them what to do. And that, and it, I don't think it should work like that. I want to hear our kids' opinions about some things. I'm not necessarily going to have a whole discussion about what bedtime they think they should have. Um, that's a relatively sort of, again, I can have a, one small conversation, but I'm not going to have a, a half-hour conversation as to why they should go to bed later. Um, but, you know, we've got to be reasonable. Um as well and i think that's and i think that's something that's really really important um speaking of reasonable that's another thing that i often talk to kids about is the two r's about being reasonable and being respectful um and that's something maybe i can go into a little bit more detail um in another segment as well yeah, absolutely. We will come to that in another episode, so everyone stay tuned. I did want to wrap up this discussion by just asking you on that point you were just making about working with the children and and uh, on that. is Does that extend as well to afterwards when the situation has been resolved and looking back on it and trying to get an understanding of whether, you know, it was effective from the child's perspective as well as your own? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and again, everyone's going to have their different opinions as to whether it was effective or not. You might have two parents that have complete opposite opinions on that. Does it work for one and not for the other? So uh, isn't there's no right or wrong. There's no, but we have to kind of make sure that we're not over-talking everything and everything becomes debate because that just gets more and more frustrating. And that's what we end up spending our time with our kids. We don't want to do that. We want to enjoy the time with our kids and make that as a, you know, as enjoyable as possible. So we've got to be careful not to not to overtalk everything. Thanks for your company, and please see the show notes for how to get in contact with Andrew Greenfield. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. And remember, it's important to learn how to be comfortably uncomfortable some of the time.